Hello, hello. Welcome to this live stream. This is Beth Martins here, and I am hosting Cyrus Caleb today. So let's see who comes on. I don't have Cyrus in the back end yet. Hopefully he's not having too much trouble with his um, with this link. So he's coming to us from Zambia. So I, he's the first person I've ever met that I know of from Zambia, so that'll be good. And while he's trying that, I can play you guys a little song. Come say hi in the chat if you're there. <clears throat> and before I sing, I'm going to get Rockfin going so I don't forget about that. And Rockfin is going live. All right, there's a, a link in the chat there if anybody wants. <clears throat> it's going to be a bit low. I had a guitar stolen along with my capo I haven't replaced yet, but here it goes. It takes a lot of love to be everything. It takes a lot of love to be everywhere it takes a lot of love to be right here doom doom Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachite Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishite Om Purnamada Purnamadaya Om Purnamada Purnamidam Om Purnamada Purnamidam Om Purnamada Purnamidam The field of unstruck sound The field of unstruck sound is one and from that sound, everything comes you can take from the whole, and the whole remains whole. What you take from the whole is whole also. What you take from the whole is whole, 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 whole also. Purnamada Purnamidam Om Purnamada Purnamidam Om Purnamada Purnamadaya Om Purnamada 
Purnamidam, Om Purnamada Purnamidam, Om Purnamada Purnamidam, Purnat Purnamudachite, Purnasya Purnamadaya, Purnam Vashishite it takes a lot of love it takes a lot of love it takes a lot of love takes a lot of love. Oh. Oh. Hello, hello, Missy Bear is here, awesome. Anyone else out there, come say hello in the chat. And I'm down a guest right now, I guess he's struggling, so I'll wait to hear from him. And uh, it's always okay by me if things don't work out, every so often they don't. And come say hi, this can be a community chat, I can sing a few more songs or even talk about the subject that we were planning to talk about, which is the peace that you experience when you are living inside and according to your sacred path, your sacred purpose. And so that's one of my all-time favorite subjects. If you don't know me really well yet, then you might know that. And uh, so I have to imagine this stream is badly shadow banned. And if you feel like helping me share it out, if, if this is a subject that you like, then please do. I don't know what's happening with Rockfin. Can you guys hear me on, over on Rockfin? You want to let me know? Hello, Rockfin. And I'm going to message Cyrus. Um, how's it going? Probably not good. But that's a conversation opener right there. All right. Well, what can I talk to you guys about? I've been actually down the last few days. Um, hit, a, hit, hit a very interesting situation in my body I haven't seen for a really long time since I used to travel to India every year. And uh, I would get progressively more ill as I traveled. I guess, you know, if we don't believe in germ theory anymore, I don't know what exactly that was. But uh, 
they got uh, they got some good microbes around there that my body wasn't familiar with, and I was sick the whole entire time. But in all um, honesty, I don't believe it was India that made me sick. Might have been too many chai lattes. Might have been too many um, uh, pieces of burfi or uh, gulab jamun in the sweet shops. Sweet shops certainly didn't help me. But I had a crap ton of injections before I went on that trip. I didn't know anything about poison injections in those days. And uh, so I took them all. Crazy bad idea. And well, guess what? I was, I was instantly not well. And when I went overseas in my first 10 months when I was there, I could not resist a single cold or flu or, yeah, stress from traveling also, and uh, thank you, Missy. I totally appreciate that. And uh, yeah, stress, stress from traveling. It is, it's a real thing. I know I actually go have a little bit of, I think still, what do you call it? Um, Post-traumatic stress. Can I say that without getting dinged here? From, from just all the traveling I did, I had some really incredible adventures and, and, and was, uh, you know, sick a lot of that first trip. And chronically so, until I learned to eat nothing but organic food, that actually cured me back in those days, which was amazing, a, a great testimony to organic food. And uh, and then, yeah, this came out of the blue because put up your hand if you are one of those people that has got in the habit of uh, detoxing all the time. So eating detoxifying foods, drinking green juices. Hello, Ian. Nice to see you. I'm glad you made it. And um uh, you know, drinking high quality waters and all of those kind of things, which are all really good for you, of course, in in some respects. But this this to me was a really good reminder about if if you're always in detox mode, and we got lots of reasons to be in detox mode because we got the poison in the air, and we got the poison in the water, and we got the poison in the food. If you don't eat your own food all the time. Not to mention the toxicity of the stress of living in under uh, in captivity, then the need to detox is is constant. But that became uh, you know longstanding habit, and I think it's not it's not a good thing because you've got you know Creator gave us the breath in and the breath out. The breath out is to me much more like detox, like when you exhale and. And you let go of a certain amount of, right? Like that's how sometimes when your breath smells bad and you know like poison's actually coming out on your breath. But if you don't take that breath in, then that breath out doesn't work very well, right? It starts to it starts to deplete you. And uh, you're working your way through 15 months of the Gerson Protocol. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know one thing about it, but feel free to share, Misty Bear, which I'm assuming that is a kind of detox system. Uh, so, so I realized it'd been a long time since I took a breath in bad idea. And I was very confused by my symptoms. And of course, the first thing I do when I've got symptoms is I start to detox more, right? I, 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 uh, I, I amp it up the ways that I was detoxing and bad idea. So I got myself into a state of inflammation and, uh, and then to top it all off, everything's fresh in the garden right now. So I go there and usually I'm in a very, uh, you know, constant, um, intermittent faster, but because I go to the garden in the morning and everything's screaming at me, eat me, eat me, then I'm like, rah, 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 with all this raw food. Well, that, if you already have 
you know, an irritated, inflamed gut, then all the raw food is the wrong thing. And I know that from India because that, uh, you know, when I was traveling there, there was always that advice to eat the simplest cooked foods, the easiest to digest, you know, not a lot of spice, not a lot of anything except uh, salt and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so it was a big awakening to me. I want to make a big shout out to Sherry Rothwell, a very good friend of mine, a colleague. We have worked together in the past and she stayed steady on the path of nutrition for a long time. I learned all my best stuff from her. She taught me how to ferment foods. Amazing fermented foods, like a miracle comes into your life when you learn to ferment your own food. And, uh, so she helped me, we got on, on the phone and she was instantly able to recognize what it was. And I'm like, oh my God, I was doing the wrong thing altogether. And you can't stop yourself. The uh, fresh veggies are awesome. I know, I know now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm juicing them luckily enough. I can, I can still have juice. It's the fiber that, uh, that needs to go for a short time. You should see how full my fridge is. <laughs> it's kind of depressing because I want to just eat all that food and uh, I'm kind of skinny. I've been losing weight the last few days. I'll get it back. But the beauty is about, maybe I'll just talk about this a little while. I don't know what happened to Cyrus. So we'll just jam here. And um, so, yeah, the answer was, if you guys have heard, ever heard of the GAPS diet, it has a, a healing building kind of a cleanse. And it involves um, eating nothing but broth, raw eggs, uh, fermented dairy, and uh, meat, high quality meat, obviously high quality everything. And uh, shrinking a lump and resolving your chronic immune conditions. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. Missy Bear, that's that's intense. Say eh? when things are chronic over time, I know that feeling very well. And so, to this, some people this might sound rather like not good. If you are, uh, first of all, maybe you have an aversion to raw eggs. Well, I had a naturopath tell me when I was sick with cancer. Yes, of course, eat eggs when I asked him, but eat them raw. And I'm like, oh darn, because I really love cooked eggs. They're they're such a joy in the. Uh, in the pleasure department and pleasure protein department. But uh, it turns out raw eggs are super easy to eat. And um, maybe Cyrus's internet was down. It looks like he just got my message. Uh, and uh, so here, I'll just give you a little tip that once you have the, the warm broth, don't make it boiling because I think that egg will cook pretty good. And then you, and then you stir up the egg in a little dish and then as you're pouring the liquid egg into your broth, you stir and stir and stir. And I discovered that this would be like the best hack ever for a kid who doesn't want to eat raw eggs. I got one of those, I'm sure. And he doesn't like broth either, but I have to force that on him. And uh, and it's so satisfying and so deeply nourishing. And uh, yesterday was the first time I didn't suffer in my gut. So I'm still getting my energy back. Did a few less jumps on the trampoline this morning. Uh, used my electricity into the garden a little bit more than I expe expected to on my electric bike. And it looks like Cyrus might be here. Uh, Missy Bear, you said you're, oh, he's still working out his camera, I guess. Uh, he's, oh, my journey with fermented raw dairy began last month when you joined a dairy chair. Me too. I really hesitate to talk about this at all, but holy mackerel, God rigged everything in our favor and that... Uh, dare I say, our, our dairy is a perfect example of it where, you know, pasteurized milk, you put it in the fridge and if it goes over, it, it, it rots and it's scary. Like you, whoa, okay, you're out of here. But 
the the real deal that comes from the cow that morning that I get it after four, you know, five days, it starts to naturally ferment in the fridge by itself without me doing anything. And then it turns into a very high quality medicine and beautiful food for smoothies, or you don't really want to cook that because it'll kill the probiotics. But um, yeah, yeah. And you should see how, what happens to the cream. If you ever, if you ever have been a fan of creme fraiche, Sherry Rothwell will also turn me on to that. Hello, Joe King. Nice to see you. And so the cream turns into creme fraiche, right? Like that, how luxurious can that be? And yeah, I don't know. How, are we going to get dinged for talking about this? It's, if, I don't know about you guys, but uh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not cool around here, unfortunately. Like really not cool. They went out of their way to make sure people couldn't be sovereign in their, um, in their food. Because that is something that people can definitely live and grow on, let's say. And uh, yeah, yeah, Missy Bear, I hope you're starting to feel better as well. No wonder, no wonder they kill it. Exactly. And oh, I hear, I'm going to go off on a limb here, but I hear that, you know, people in Maui are really, really suffering and uh, other people are trying hard to help them and bring them supplies and food. And there was like some, I don't know, 150 meals prepared and they tried to give them to the people and then they got totally blocked because uh, it wasn't prepared in a commercial kitchen. Like these guys, oh my gosh, they are so showing their colors. And uh, kefir is delicious as well. Yeah, I was really excited to see how how the milk ferments without even kefir grains. Guys, couldn't stay on top of that. That was like a, uh, a beast, a beast. And hello, tree dude. Nice to see you with the, the bear and the milk. Nice, nice. And look at this. Cyrus is here. You made it. And you're dressed very well today. <laughs> Almost every day. So you can just give me a thumbs up when you feel ready to come on. If you can hear me, we're going to get started. There might be a little bit of a lag. He's got a thumbs up. Okay, so here, here comes Cyrus. Hello, Cyrus. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. I am glad to have you here. I was just uh, talking with my community a little bit and I sang a song. I'm going to sing another one at the end when we're done. And uh, Cyrus is coming us to us live from Zambia, pretty far away from Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> I, uh, what, what, yeah. is your, what time is it there, Cyrus? This is uh, 18 past 9 p.m. Oh, good. It's not the middle of the night for you. I know that you're a, you're a good king hero and, and you get up. Yeah. And then you get up in the middle of the night for, for some of our calls. Um, I, I will just let you know that I met Cyrus Caleb through Daniel David, who I call Daniel David. I am Oscar Pensky, uh, Oscar Pensky. I'm still learning how to say his last name. And uh, Daniel has been on here for a few interviews. And right away I met Cyrus because I got interest interested in the mastermind that both Daniel and Cyrus are hosting starting this week, by the way. And I do believe there are a few spots open. I have joined myself. I'm contributing and uh, doing some archetype work with each of the participants. And then I felt myself inspired to jump in and be part of it as well and be part of the fellowship. We had our first fellowship yesterday, a little bit in advance of the start time uh, tomorrow, I guess. And uh, so as a result, I've been hearing Cyrus and Daniel on, an, on a live stream almost every morning for the last few weeks, three weeks. And I, uh, Cyrus, I fell in love with you. 
because your heart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> your heart, your heart is Thank very. You. Yeah, your heart is very open. I don't get confused one bit when you talk, and that I can't say. Wow. Yeah, that I can't say is true for a whole bunch of other people that lo love Jesus. I'm not going to go off on, on other people, but uh, that it can be a very confusing world. Now, one of the things that I, I loved about you so much was that you're not afraid of your oneness with Jesus and God. And to me, this is a very important thing that I've also discovered. And uh, before we get started and, and uh, uh I share. I ask you some questions. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself and and uh, your life and your work? Well, Cyrus Kaliba, my name's like uh, introduced earlier, and um, I am a husband and a family man, and um, I'm a missionary, um, a mentor, an author, and. Um, I'm very passionate about young leaders. Um, in my missions, I focus on raising uh, young spiritual leaders. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I was actually really thinking about you last night. And as you know, I'm a fan of King Heroes. Uh, those of you who get out and you're willing to say hard things and be the leader and you know that's a lot of responsibility and you've got a lot of people looking to you maybe depending on you especially with family and community and uh and then i was really thinking about the young king heroes because that's the ultimate that if they learn earlier to take risks and to live inside their god-given purpose and stand up when other people can't stand up, then nothing but good would come of that in the world. So maybe we can talk about that at some point. Oh, and look, Pamela's here. I believe that is Pamela Pamela from, uh, from the Masterminds, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I'm wrong. I'm still learning everybody's, uh, everybody's names and faces. Hello, Trinity4. Nice to see you. Welcome. I'm glad you can make it. And so Cyrus, could you Describe to us a little bit about your life, how everything that you've experienced led you to the work of being a missionary and uh, and then and then how you connected with Daniel and how all of that work began. Wow. This whole, this whole journey started about around 25 years ago, you know, when um, I, I was attending some uh, charismatic church. And uh, every time I was in this fellowship, I could feel like at the end of the service, like we really did not get to where we needed to get. There was always that vacuum in me. There was always that lack in me that, 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 that I was sensing. That I, I knew that there was much more. Something in me was ever reminding me and telling me that there is much more to Christianity or there is much more to church gatherings than I am experiencing. So I detached myself from the church for some time in my early stage. And I began to focus on a one-on-one -on -one with God. I would spend time in mountains praying at night and during the daytime. I would engage into prayer and fasting, just consecrating myself and um, focusing on trying to hear the voice of God concerning the call that I was so, that was so much loud on my life. I knew there was something in me that was different from everyone else, and I needed to find it by myself. 
I knew that God is my father and he, he, he had ways to communicate to me to make me understand exactly what my calling is and what my purpose is in this life. So in this journey, I did some church planting in the, in the early time because in that time, uh, when, when you hear the call of God, the first thing that people want to, to look at or they want to see you doing will be, are you pastoring a church? Are you going to start a church? Are you going to Bible school and all those kind of things? But after this missionary, um, after these uh, outreaches I was doing, we eventually um, uh, developed a fellowship that is still standing today by the grace of God in the city of Lusaka. And um, in the process, doors began to open for me internationally. I think I was um, around 22 years old when I began to go into nations preaching the gospel of Christ. I knew that I was called for the body of Christ. This was made very clear to me from the beginning. I, I knew that I, I was a voice for the church. Some people are called to go to the world, to the lost. But for me, I was called for them that uh, know and think that they are saved. I'm called for such. And so I knew exactly, but it wasn't as clear as it is at that particular time. During that time, um, I was just excited in uh, being in different nations, speaking on different platforms, trying to manifest the glory of God and manifesting it with signs and wonders and miraculous manifestations. I was very young, but this, that grace was very strong on my life. And so South Africa opened for me. That was like the mother that gave birth to the missionary that I have become in the city of Cape Town. I met this um, this uh, old man uh, at Chakai in the Tabernacle that noticed me preaching in various churches. So he requested me to go to his office. Upon getting to his office, this man, I did not even know how much influence he carries. Apparently, the man was carrying such great influence in the city of Cape Town and in the nation of South Africa and the world at large. So I, I was so welcomed and through him, doors began to open across South Africa. I know South Africa more than I know my own country. I've been and been preached in almost every corner of South Africa. And then eventually I began to preach in various churches in uh, the neighboring countries. And um, there came a time when I also uh, evolved from that level where I began to feel like uh, I'm not comfortable to speak some things. Mostly when I, when I awakened, when the awakening took place in me. I began to feel very uncomfortable because every time I'm invited as a guest speaker, I was very conscious of what I say. I was very careful of what I say because I did not want my message to sound like it's killing what they've been doing and what they call to be authentic at, their, at the place where they are as a congregation or as a ministry. And so it became a little bit very uncomfortable for me to the point that I felt a leading in my heart now to begin to mobilize the young leaders, um, seminars, young leaders, conferences, and boot camps. So I began to, I, I came up with that initiative. I felt the leading in my heart to begin to uh, mobilize young, young people, young people that have got a leadership core on their lives, leadership in all spheres of life, in all aspects of life. I began to mobilize them. From there, we started having um, the Young Leaders Summits. We did the Young Leaders Summits and conferences for some time. Then we broke up and we began to do the boot camps. 
We began to do the boot camps uh, across the nation in various cities like Livingstone in my country, the tourist city, and um, in Chipata and Lusaka. We began to mobilize young people, empowering them with the message of the Great Awakening, the, great, the message of our incrustness, the message of Christ in us, the message of oneness with God, the message of oneness with divinity, the message of understanding that we are one with divinity, whatsoever is in God is so real and is so alive in us. So that's where we are right now. We've been uh, doing these uh, empowerment programs, but above all, there is a particular group in the city where I live of young people where, that have been mentoring, uh, they come for mentorship classes, that have been meeting for a couple of years, and I've seen some of them have already graduated. They, they are now venturing into various fields and various ministries. But still, there is a new bleed, I feel in my heart, there is a new bleed of young people that are emerging but needs to come. So what we are doing in short as Graham, for, by the way, um, the, the name of my ministry, I call it Grace Revolution Africa Missionaries. So the, the, the purpose of Grace, Grace uh, Revolution Africa Missionaries is to raise young spiritual leaders. Leaders who are not just academically empowered, but leaders who are spiritually empowered. Leaders who understand who they are in Christ and who understand the purpose of God for their lives in this earth. Those are the kind of leaders, leaders who not do anything of their own, but leaders who incline their ears to what God is saying. Such are the young, the kind of leaders that Grace Revolution Africa Missionaries is really reaching out to, to empower them that they can grow in those areas so that they can be able to represent God effectively and with efficiency in various sectors of leadership as they grow into their leadership abilities and skills. That's quite a handful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a beautiful answer. I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, so there's so many things that you said in there. Just um, one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on in 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 just first of all asking you, did you ever come into conflict with people because your message is so different than a lot of those you know mainstream traditions and uh, different denominations? Did anyone ever try to stop you from preaching the oneness with God? Uh, maybe maybe. Through, through the people that have been sitting under my ministry, I could sense those attacks because they are being questioned. They, they cannot step in. Most of those who are in the front line in the mainstream uh, arena, um, they, would, they would come to some of my, those who are close to me, and they will inquire, what is this man up to? Why is he in our city? There is always that insecurity with the mainstream uh, churches when one comes as a new person in a city, there is, they always want to know what does he want, what does he want? Why is he having these meetings? What is his agenda? Is he up to taking our church members? You know, so you could see there was that resistance in the, in the early stage of the imaging of Grace Revolution. There was a very high level of resistance. Not only uh, the resistance of the message, but there also saw the resistance of my presence the resistance of the influence and the impact that we are having in the city. So, yes, to answer that question, there has been great resistance with the message. That's why I said earlier, 
that I find it very difficult today even to be invited to go in a church and speak because I'm, I'm very, I'm going to be very careful not to injure anybody or maybe to scatter what they call to be authentic that may not look authentic to me. Now, as a voice of God, definitely I am going to speak it out and I'm going to voice it out. Hence, that was the reason why I came about with the initiative of these seminars, boot camps and conferences and different outreaches so that I can have a platform of my own where I can be able to communicate this message without any fear or favor. And in so doing, I began to develop boldness in me. I began to develop courage to go for it. I began to develop confidence in me to the, to, that made me believe that this is the right thing to do. There must be no compromise. The word of God must be spoken. They're just the way it is revealed to me without diluting it or without compromising it. I hope I've answered that question. <laughs> yes, and, and you kind of answered my next question too. I was going to just ask you, how did you manage that resistance? And it sounds like, you know, that, that's the fine line to to show up, not to not to suppress your message or what God is bringing up and out of you, uh, but also not to go in like a bull and, uh, you know, offend because it's so wise. You've said it a couple of times already. They're at a certain place. And if, if a teacher doesn't have respect for that, then you really can't reach anybody. Do you have, do you want, is anything more to say? Like, how did you handle that personally? Did it feel uh, like, you know, was it hard for you and how did you, how did you deal with it? It, it, was, it was quite challenging. I'm going to be very honest with you on that one. It was, it was very challenging. I can say it is still very, very challenging in the sense that most of um, um, people will, will people, people normally people are not uh, familiar with um, new things. They always have got a tendency of asking new things, what they are, why they are there, and what's the purpose and all, all sorts of questions. The questioning will always be there because it's a new thing. Secondly, new things are not easily understood. It takes time. You grow into it gradually with time. People will begin to understand who you are. But at the end of the day, there is also a danger of you in your own human ability with your ego. It's very possible for you to emerge and begin to think that you have a responsibility to defend your message. Now, I do not come from that school of understanding. I believe that if the message that is given to me is from God and God is the sender, I am just his mouthpiece, I'm just his messenger, then there is no need for me to defend that message. My responsibility is to deliver that message just the way it has been revealed to me. The moment I'm defending it, it means that I am equally not too sure of that message. Or maybe it's the ego in me that is trying to tell me to say, uh, you're going to have to prove yourself. You're going to have to show them that you are the man who's carrying the authentic gospel. Now, I don't come from that school of understanding. For me, I strongly believe that I am here to deliver what has been entrusted in my care. Even This thing was entrusted in my care even before the foundations of earth, even before I came out of my mother's womb, it was already 
predetermined by God that I am going to become the voice that I am today. But I'm going to become a voice that is so sharp like a double-edged sword that is going to penetrate the religious system and, 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 and create the separation of religion to reality. But many may awaken to the light of the glory of God that is accompanying this particular message of our oneness with divinity and our oneness with God. So I, I know for sure exactly the message that I carry and I know the resistance that is there, but my focus is not on the resistance. My focus is like one that is running a race and I'm focusing on the final line. I'm focusing on the final line. So what is all the distractions that may come on the way? Don't matter. They don't make sense to me. I don't see them as a distraction to me. For me, I see them as an opportunity to mount up and shine more brighter using the same weapons that God has invested in my spirit. I'm so happy when I listen to you. <laughs> Thank you. That's so good to hear. <laughs> the message is so pure. Uh, and it, I really want to highlight this because there's something, you know, I've had my share of attacks and um, especially the last three years, it's been so divisive. And, and my instinct when I get attacked is not to go to my defense or to the defense of, of what I'm, uh, speaking about for the main reason that it takes too much time to do that. And I've got work mm. to do and I've and God's got a big long list of things that I uh, can and should be doing. And so, you know, so that's part of it. And I also, I also started to see, you know, how when Christ was so severely persecuted and hauled off and questioned, he also didn't defend himself. And, you know, so sometimes I question, so go ahead. So true. So, so, so true. Um, the, 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 there is always something in a human being that doesn't um, allow anyone externally to come and despise or disrespect that which you know that is authentic about you. That which you and God have made peace with. So there is always that human side of us that is that the temptation in us as human beings. There's always that temptation that, that, that pulls you to a place of trying to be defensive, knowingly or unknowingly. You know? And most people, you, 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 if you don't understand where they are at in their work with God, you can judge them. But some people, they're not even aware that they are being defensive. They think that is the normal way of having a conversation about what is authentic about them, you know? But if you look at the broader picture of it, you will see a person behind that particular person speaking who is trying to protect his domain and protect his message so that nobody will undermine it or nobody will despise it. But that was not the case with Christ, like the example you had given. He, 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 many things were spoken against him. The man never responded. He was quiet. He was quiet. It's like even on Facebook, you post some, some, some statement that does not resonate with another hearer who is looking at that statement with a religious eye. And, and they'll give a funny comment. Most of the times I'll never respond to that. 
I'll just compliment them for the place where they are and I appreciate them for contribution, for their contribution from their point of view and their school of understanding, which I respect. Instead of me looking at them and judging them and making them feel inferior or looking at them as inferior beings, I look at them and I accept them as a people that are also on their journey of their great awakening. Because, please take note of this, every one of us will awaken to the authenticity of our origin. Every one of us. For that is the perfect will of God. It is the desire of God that all men, may, all men's eyes may be illuminated and be open to see their original design so that they begin to grow in that particular design. Wow. <laughs> How beautiful is that? And yes, Kim, that is humility. It, that, it, and it, that's where all the power is, as far as I can tell. Not in, not in uh, feeling like I'm so great and my ideas are right and everyone should listen to me, but, but to respect someone where they are at and, and not need to interfere with them, even with their negative thought against you. So that's amazing. Uh, Missy Bear was saying, those who look deeply in their own shadow know they have nothing to defend. Exactly. Forgive the attacks and move on. Amen, sister. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So let's talk about purpose, how, how you work with purpose. This is something that I discovered, you and I are just getting to know each other, but I think you know that I was sick with cancer more than 20 years ago, and I struggled a lot with my health, and I nearly died a couple of times. And when I went to death, I let God, I let God have me in that moment. I thought, I thought it was the end, and I let death have me. And it wasn't death at all. There was no death there. It was full of life. It was full of joy, shockingly so. I did not expect that. And it was also full of my purpose. And for the first time in my life, I was able to see or download or, you know, it, it, it was palpable to me. Oh, my gosh, I have work to do here. And I also saw how it was intimately tied with my people, that I could never do this work alone. And that it was, you know, without, without my people, there was, no, there was no purpose. So very, you know, it took me a lot of years. I'm still working on it to unpack and decode and, uh, and see that I feel more clear than I ever have been. So when you talk about purpose, what you just said about it being in the mind and heart of God, even before you were born. And is this something that you see as a kind of destiny where we, you know, because we're also in the world of free will. So I'm curious, how do you see that, those two, like the destiny that God intends for us and then our free will and our choices? Um, that's a multi-loaded question. Um, that I believe various um, scholars and uh, various teachers of the word uh, have, have, have tried to bring about various definitions on purpose. But for me, it's, it's a very simple question to answer in the sense that um, if you want to know the purpose of anything, the first thing that you need to do is to get to the source. That source will give you the definition of the purpose of that particular thing. Any definition that is 
defined or brought forth outside the source of any particular thing or person it stands questionable according to my gospel where i'm at at this particular stage you know and um, the authentic discovery of the papers is something that can only be discovered within and it all begins when you begin to see yourself in the light of you being the temple of the almighty god you being a son of god and god is your father is your abba father so you have a father son relationship so it is from that relationship that purpose is disclosed and purpose is unveiled so when i was talking about uh before i was formed in my mother's womb like god spoke to jeremiah he says i knew you and then the second point he says before you came out of your mother's womb i ordained you a prophet so in other words there was a purpose attached to your coming out of your mother's womb but even before that i knew you to know you is to have you in his mind to know you is to be beheld by him he saw you even before you saw yourself even before you discovered yourself or anybody came to see about your existence god already did foresaw you you are always known by god it is it is humanity that lost his memory about God being their father. And so they began to look at this God who was judged as a, a vicious God uh, in many occasions only when he does signs and wonders then they turned and they loved him back. But in times of uh challenges they turn their backs back against the same God. Many times we follow and we discover that a pattern being so consistent in the history of the Bible. But what I'm trying to say is that purpose outside the revelation of God stands questionable because we were sourced from him. We originated from him. Our origin can only be traced in God. We carry the same DNA that flows in Christ Jesus. The same DNA that flows in God, which is a spiritual DNA. We carry the same spiritual DNA. Whether we are aware of it or we are not aware of it, we are carriers of that DNA. That life that is in God, which is of God, is the same life that God breathed into man when creating man. So we, we need to understand that we are spiritual beings. We are the extension of the breath of God in the earth. We are the extension of the expressions of God in the earth. So the discovery of purpose is something that is very personal. Now, there is a big danger of trying to get your earthly introduced purpose for example, by via education and via interaction or via societies where you are brought through and, and, and we begin to bring them and trying to classify them as the purpose why we were born. Let me try to dig a little bit on that one if you permit me. Um, when, 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 when you look at, at, at the purpose 
that God has for you, it is not something that can be compared to the purpose that man will impose on you. For whatsoever is born of the spirit is spirit. So the definition of your purpose can only be brought about by the spirit. That's why I am so passionate about raising young spiritual leaders because I know once we are spiritually conscious of our spiritual being, it will be very easy for us to walk in our divine purpose. When purpose is discovered, one of the things that you discover is that you, your language will change. You begin to speak the Jesus kind of language where he says, I say nothing of my own, but that which I hear my father is saying. In other words, I resonate. I am connected to the very purpose of my father. So I, 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 I won't manifest anything outside that purpose. And then he says, I do nothing of my own, but that which I see my father is doing. So there is a hearing and the seeing of purpose, which is only revealed by the Holy Spirit from the father. I'm speaking this as Cyrus and according to my gospel. These are things that I have learned not because I've read so many books or not because I've been to so many schools. These are things that have been revealed to me during my almost 25 years of frontline struggle and fight for the penetration of the authentic truth of our purpose here on this earth. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, let's see. So how do you, t maybe you were just starting to say it too. How do you tell the difference between what God is saying about your purpose and, and then maybe what you're just thinking of or uh, because it's very easy to take in messages, like you said, from society, from education, from, you know, parents that try to plant a purpose inside of you. I know, for example, my dad really wanted me to be full-time in his business and to carry on his business, to grow it and, and to uh, carry on the legacy. And I did that for a time, but it was not my purpose. It was clearly not my purpose. I ended up getting really sick to get out of that. And so, so how do you know the difference? We've got a lot of, a lot of voices. It's easy to just internalize and think that that inner voice is your own or is God's. How do you, how do you sort that out? All right, there, there, there's one thing that I, I strongly believe personally, and that is that God can never be taught. Can never be told or taught? So, can never be taught. Taught. You can never, it, it, it can never be taught. You can never teach God. You can never teach God to someone in order for them to understand them using your earthly language. God is self-revealed. When he gets good and ready enough to reveal himself to you so that you can grow in the knowledge of him that will compel you to identify your purpose. Only then can you be able to say that I know my purpose. If it is something that is associated with how educated you are, or the kind of your background in your family, 
all of them were farmers, so I'm also a farmer. I came in this world to be a farmer. But if you check the root of how you became a farmer, you realize that it will be traced in your family line. So that robs you of the authenticity of your purpose. Just because my mother's used to be Jehovah's Witness, I also am going to be Jehovah's Witness. That is my purpose. I'll be a Jehovah's Witness. I'll be a Catholic because I was born in a Catholic church. Listen, just, just think for a moment. If you were born in an Islamic community and your parents were Islam, were you, going to know, were you not going to be an Islam? You were definitely going to be influenced. These religious backgrounds from our families have got a strong influence on our lives that has got ability to pervert our purpose. Look at Jesus. They tell him, they take him and they take him on mountaintop. They want to throw him down that he can die. He disappears miraculously. That was divine escape. When you are a man and a woman of purpose, you can never die a premature death. It's impossible. That purpose that you carry as you focus your eyes by the help of the Holy Spirit, as you focus your eyes on attaining the fulfillment of that particular purpose, you are going to see that for sure there will be no distraction that will be too big for you to handle. There will be no trial or temptation that will be too big for you to face or for you to go through. But His grace will always be sufficient for you. While Jesus was a baby, let me show you this. They ran away and, and hid him in Egypt. While Moses was a baby, they threw him by the riverside. While Joseph was a baby, while he was still a young man, they threw him in a pit. When you look at all these men, you would have thought that maybe it was the brothers of, uh, of, uh, of Joseph that were against him. You could, have, you could have even looked at Moses to say, it's the mother that abandoned him. So you will begin to put the blame on the mother. We can look at Jesus and say, it is the teachers of the law and the kings of the time that were against him. They were not against the baby Jesus. They, it was the war against the purpose that was enshrined on the heart of Jesus Christ. That was the biggest threat that the kings and the teachers of the law had. So when, when, when purpose is revealed to you, you become a force to be reckoned with. You become a force that is unstoppable. Purpose will bring you before kings. Purpose will open doors for you effortlessly. Where you are not going to glory and boast about it, you will know that this is only the Lord's doing. You will know that it is God in me, it is God that worketh in me, both to do and to will. So if it is God that worketh in me both to do and to will, it is very important for me to have a very stable and sound relationship with God. Not one that is based on my background or my education, but one that is based on my personal, personal revelation of him to me. God, God is so determined to reveal himself to every one of us at whatever level we are. 
You don't need to be in a particular class or a particular group or a particular level. You must just learn to turn within and begin to ask questions about life. The God who lives in you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who lives in you, he will begin to reveal things to you because our spirits, together with the Spirit of God, they bear witness, they are in agreement that we are sons of God. They are in agreement that we are here for a divine purpose on this earth. The purpose of Jesus was the cross. The purpose of Moses was Egypt to liberate the Israelites. The purpose of Joseph was to liberate his family. Key purposes within themselves whether they knew it or they did not know it, but purpose made them experience the resistance of their manifestation in the earth. That brings me to another point. That is, most people, according to my own analysis, most people that have awakened to their authentic purpose and they are living in the authenticity of their purpose, most of them, they really never found it so easy in life. They really never found it so easy in life. Yes, this is, uh, we're getting a lot of good uh, feedback here in the, in the chat. People are seeing themselves in this. That's beautiful. And this was exactly what I was going to follow up with. There's so much uh, sync and flow here that I teach about the hero's journey and I help people to go on their hero's journey or to stay on their hero's journey. And I always say, you probably, people are sick of hearing me, hearing, uh, hearing me say this already, but uh, they don't call it the hero's journey for nothing. It's not the tiptoe through the tulips and laying on the beach and having a nice life. It's a lot of trials and tribulations and not just one trial and tribulation and not just uh, you know, healing your own injuries and making your life good, but the task to turn around and help others, how healed do you have to be in order to be serving others in that way, which is in itself a, a question. So yeah, it's, uh, you're going to meet your absolute biggest challenges. And I think that's one of the ways that maybe new age spirituality is programming you to expect things to be easy as soon as you're with god's purpose then it's just whoosh you just everything goes your way and uh and, and that's not my discovery wow interesting and i think that that just joins with the last part that i mentioned that most people that um because there's, there's a scripture and i think it's in the last chapter of the 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 old testament that says messiahs shall arise i think it's in the book of mika not not malachi it's mika it says messiahs shall arise now who are these messiahs that the bible is referring to it's referring to people like you and me people that are going to carry the messianic savior anointing on their lives who are going to be saviors of their generations who are going to be messiahs of their generation, who are going to unveil to humanity how saved they already are in Christ Jesus, who are eye-openers. These are destiny shapers. You get in contact with them, your destiny is shaped, and it is aligned. 
These people are there and God is raising them from every corner of the continent of the nations of the earth. They are emerging and they are becoming a voice that is speaking or echoing the voice of God so loud and clear in unveiling the authenticity of who we are as human beings, who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. So the idea that uh, uh, the, the, the journey is not an easy one does not mean that it is not easy when you are thinking of it in your own human ability and human effort. But when you know that it is God that works in me, both to do and to will, the, the game automatically changes. Because now your dependency is in God. Then that which the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. In other words, in all your ways, be sensitive, be aware, walk in the awareness of the authenticity that is being revealed concerning you. And in all your ways, he will direct you how? He will lead you in this path. It is the Lord, that's why the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, he leadeth me. So he will lead you in the path of your evolving in your authenticity as you execute and manifest in the fullness of your purpose. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, authenticity is one of my all-time favorite subjects all my life. I just wanted to be myself and I wanted to be around people who were being themselves as well. I didn't experience that very much, almost never. And But still I knew about it. Still I wanted that. And so then it became the subject of my work in some of the earlier days. And I realized how authenticity is something that uh, is, is deeply desired, but at the same time, it is one of the biggest fears, right? For, for us to be seen as who we are and uh, show up and be vulnerable, be, be who we are, speak our truth. It is a, uh, it is a very big risk. Because as we were talking about, some people are not going to like it. They're not going to like your authentic self. And that's why most people won't risk it because they are afraid to not be liked. And so you're putting a whole new spin on this authentic nature. And to me, it's an obligation. And I'll just say for anybody out there who is afraid of it, it has, yes, there have been people who rejected me. But now I see that as a good thing. I almost always fall on my knees and thank God for the rejections because it made me more available to people that I could actually be myself with. Do you want to add or say anything more about that? You know, you know, you know, you know when you discover your purpose, you will realize that you will encounter a lot of resistance because you are here to manifest that which eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has never entered the hearts of men. The things that God has prepared for us to manifest or to walk in in this life as we get awakened. That is very key. But because most of the times we, humanity has got a tendency of being a human pleaser. 
So there is a danger of you failing to walk in the authenticity, in the fullness of your authenticity, because you want to fit in into the status quo. You want to fit into the present day church. Somebody was telling me, we don't see you preaching in this church and this church anymore. You don't come to our church. I tell them, I did not leave the church, but the church that they are doing left my mind. I personally have never left the church. The ecclesia, the body of Christ, the one that God says, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. This is a spiritual entity. It is a spiritual gathering of spiritual beings who have been welcomed unto Mount Zion, the spiritual Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the spiritual Jerusalem of the Almighty God, the dwelling place of God. So we need to understand that we need to begin to, 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 to learn to separate these things in the sense that we should not be doing what we are doing or manifesting the way we are manifesting in order for us to fit in. We should not do it because we want to be accepted in society and by society. You don't see that trace in Jesus. Many times he was rejected. Many times they spoke many things until they crucified him. It took the resurrection for every knee to bow and every time to, to confess that indeed Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, here is, here is one of the powerful statements that can help us maybe understand this one. Jesus says, in this world, you are going to face many tribulations. He says, multiple tribulations. And then he says, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome. So we are not here in this world to fight another battle which was already fought. And that is, that is the, the danger of us trying now to be defensive or trying to fit in in order for us to be accepted. So we, 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 we are not in the business of trying to convince people. It is the work of the Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit has been poured upon all flesh. It is the work of that Holy Spirit to convict men to resonate with the authenticity of their identity, the authenticity of their being. So when you discover that I'm a unique species of humanity and I'm a new creation, a new creation is a, is, 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 is a, is a species of a humanity that has never existed before in the physical world, but has always been in the heart and in the mind of God. So when you say all things have passed away, behold, the new has come. The new that comes now is the unveiling of the authentic picture that God has always had on his mind. And this one, there is nothing that anybody or any devil from the pit of hell that can stop that purpose from being fulfilled because Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome. When you begin to live from the realm or from the dimension of an overcomer, when you carry the consciousness of being an overcomer, there will be no challenge that will come before you that will cause you to bend your authenticity and in order for you to fit into society. 
I'm going to use the word that may be familiar. This new speech or this generation that God is raising and giving them a voice to announce the authenticity of every human being that they can awaken to it is a group of a people that have been set apart by God, not by man. So their approval can only be found in God and not in man. Any approval that you are trying to locate and find through man and in man is but an illusion. It's an illusion. We have a lot of people that carry human approval, earthly approval. Some of them are famous. Some of them are commanding big followership. They've been approved in the earth realm, but in the realm of the spirit, they still slumber. They need to be awakened. They need to be awakened. Until they awaken to their authenticity, only then can they begin to live their reality. Otherwise, they will be living an illusion. And it's a heavy burden. I'm going to say that again. It is a heavy burden to carry that burden of trying to fit in. Trying for approval from, you, from humanity. And neglecting the approval of the author of your life. Neglecting the approval of your origin. Your source. Where you were sourced from. I think that is the greatest approval that we need. I'm going to give you um, one final example. The sons of Scepha in the New Testament. They find a person who is demon possessed. And they began to cast out these demons in the name of Paul and in the name of Peter that, they, that, 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 that preaches. The demons looked at them and he says, Peter we know and Paul we know, but who are you? Remember, these sons of Scepha, their names are not even recorded in the Bible. But they are only identified, we only identify them as the sons of Scepha. Which means they were coming from a famous family. They were coming from a well-to-know family. So they were using status, trying to handle spiritual matters, trying to give meaning to spiritual matters. You don't do that. You don't do that. Spiritual things can only be spiritually unveiled. The spiritual authenticity of who you are can only be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit and can only be approved by the Holy Spirit. So the idea that one man is famous does not mean that they are walking or moving in the authenticity of their calling. No. Of course, there are some that are famous who are living their authentic assignment. But there are some who are famous and because maybe they've got a good voice or because they've got a family, good family background or because they've got the resources and the equipment to, that they are using to communicate the gospel, you find that they are commanding followership and yet they may not be or they risk a chance of not operating in the, in the authenticity of their being. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. One of the programs that I help my people to let go of is exactly what you were talking about when that when we succumb to wanting to belong with with man or men. And the the name of it is wanting love and approval. 
And we are trained from a very young age to want that, partly also because so much of that is denied, you know, in the way that we raise young children, they're put aside, they're not respected, they're not appreciated. Uh, you know, anyway, there's a lot of things that go to creating that program. And, uh, and then so it's interesting to hear you because I've also found myself in that program, wanting the love and approval of God, and finding I'm not getting it, because of this nature of wanting it, right? The Lord is my shepherd, thou shalt not want. True that. Right? You, you agree with that? That yeah. even? Yeah, yes. yeah. You see, you see, the new creation man has been taken back to a place where Adam was even much better before his fall. A place of no one, a place of abundancy, a place of fruitfulness, a place of multiplication. That is where Christ came to, to plant us. He came to remove us from this illusion of thinking that we are lacking, we are not complete, we are sinners, we are not so innocent, we are not pure, we are not acceptable before God. All these terminologies have had a great uh, negative influence on humanity that has made us, that has made it so difficult for us to be single-eyed. Being single-eyed meaning that looking at everything through the lenses of Christ or looking at everything through the perception of God, how God looks at us. What God thinks about us, those are very key and they are very paramount uh, components that needs to be addressed in our individual lives. We need to understand this very, very clearly. When these are understood, it will be very easy for us to live in a place of abundance, a place of no worry, a place of no anxiety. Cyrus, are you saying it's possible to live a worry-free life? Yes, that's my answer. It is very possible. It is only possible when you realize that it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that liveth in you. The life that you now live in this flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for you and died for you. So you don't live by your own faith. When you live by your own faith, you are going to encounter frustrations in this life. You're going to encounter lack in this life because every time you'll be looking forward, I'm believing God for this thing to happen. You are living from a realm of waiting. You are not living from the place of abundance, of having more than enough, of being blessed with all things but pertaineth to life and godliness. You are not living from that realm. You are living from the realm of your own faith, own human effort, do to become, do to have, do a reason. No, that is not the message or that is not the voice of the day. The voice of the day is that it is already done and it's all locked up in you. It's all locked up in you. Any everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been programmed in you. There is divine abilities for you to do what is impossible according to the human eye or the human understanding. 
You begin to live in the realm of possibilities because you know that it's no longer me. It's no longer a life of my own. It is the resurrected life of Christ that I have inherited By being a joint heir with Christ, I have become a partaker of his divine nature. And the divine nature of Christ knows no lack. The divine nature of, of Christ is never lost. The divine nature of Christ is never run out of ideas. There is always divine ideas. Let me say this. God is ever talking. Sometimes he speaks to us in form of ideas. And you just think, no, it was just a thought. Because you are not sensitive to the life that you are, you neglect those ideas and you think it's just by the way. Tomorrow you find somebody is doing the same thing that you were thinking about and they are flourishing. Which must be an eye-opener for you to change your mindset, repent, and get back to your original being and begin to live in the very state of your being in order for you to be effective and impactful in this life. Fantastic, Cyrus. That's amazing. This should all be written down. Every time you talk, I feel like it should all be written down because your clarity <laughs> is, is so, so strong. Um, I, I like you, you've pointed toward this so many times. First of all, you know, don't, don't fight the battle that's already won. Right. That that that's a big one. And then uh, Christians are criticized because as if we're waiting for Jesus. And so I'd like to talk about how do you see the the second coming? And I'll just tell you right off that I think Jesus already came because he's right here in my heart. And I don't feel myself waiting for anything that it's full on. Our opportunity, like you said, in terms of, of creating and manifesting through this, you know, taking taking what's impossible, but through you and through the spirit of God that moves through you, through you and the grace of God that moves through <coughs> you becomes possible. So that's yeah. a very that's a very tricky question that can arise arouse some um, theological debates and and all sorts of things. But um, I'll, I'll share it with you without fear, without holding back, because I don't know who's listening to me, and I don't know who needs to hear this, which is the coming of Christ. The, the, the scripture says that he will come like a thief. A thief does not announce his coming. He makes sure that when he, there is an opportunity for him to break, break in and steal, he will maximize that opportunity and break in and steal. And I feel that is exactly what happened on the cross. When Christ was nailed on the cross and he died, he gave up the ghost, he says, it is finished. What was finished? The redemption plan of God has come to fulfillment. Jesus has found his residence in humanity. So there are many people who are waiting for the physical appearance of Jesus. 
And yet, they are very ignorant of his spiritual present state of revelation of coming. Many people would say, let's ask Jesus to come into your heart. You've heard those terms many times in the church. So they will accept Jesus in their heart and they will still be looking in the sky waiting for him to come. So your answer, I resonate with it. I resonate with it in the sense that the Jesus that we are waiting for has already come. He lives in the inside of you. He's very much alive in you. He's the very life that you are. There is no separation between you and him. There will never be separation between you and him. You are joined hairs together with Christ. You are one spirit with the creator. And Jesus says, when you see me, you have seen the father. One day he says, father, make them one. I with, that's like I am one with you. Make them one with me. So we are one with Christ. So when you're talking about logically speaking, it doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you, spiritually speaking, this is the reality. Now, I can infuse a little bit of rapture. Since when the rapture takes place, the person who will be sitting next to you, you realize that they've just disappeared. And this thing is happening already. This is not for the premature mind. This is not for the premature ear. But it is see, it is for the fully grown seed to swallow and comprehend and resonate and make peace with the reality that there, there is a rapture of men and women that is taking place. Rapture from the religious system. Rapture from flesh and blood. People that we, you discover even you as you were, as you began to evolve into your authentic being, you, it's like you jumped out from one particular realm of understanding. Now you are in a higher realm of understanding, which is very different. You're operating from your higher self, which is very different from the rest. Everybody might be thinking you're on the same level with them. It is an illusion. You have been raptured. Your perception is not the same. Your perception is not earthly. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. I hope that makes a little bit of sense to you. That makes a whole lot of sense, Cyrus. Oh my gosh, this is just incredibly well expressed. Yes, Pamela, very, very well expressed. Hello, Carol, nice to see you. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, it, it's all the findings. One of the things that I did in my life, I don't know why I did it is that I had to know it for myself. I couldn't just accept somebody told me this and it was true. And I teach the same way now. I'll, I'm, I might tell people stuff, but I'll say, now you got to go and prove it if it's true or not and find it in, in yourself. And so the, the whole study, you know, there's so much confusion. Everybody's saying something different. It's very easy to go wrong. How many times did I express um, just even a curiosity or never mind a doubt, right? Like never mind a doubt. And then they would attack me or they would take me down or they would, uh, you know, make me feel like I was, I had iniquity. And, uh, and this would actually be a really good subject to talk about too. But, but just having that childlike, experience 
of Christ in my heart and, and, and believing that and not, you know, not letting, and, and the people who don't like that, they, they're not around anymore. And in a way it's been very freeing because they just left and they left me free to have this authentic experience like a child. Um, where is it going to go with that? Look, look at this. Yeah. Look at this. When, when you, when you encounter rapture, there is nothing in this world that makes sense. Your minds are focused on things above, which are everlasting, which are eternal. But before you are raptured, your, 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 your whole mind, your whole energy is on trying to survive in this earth, trying to make it trying to have a big name, trying to fit in and look like the present day successful. You want to be classified in the earth realm. But I would rather, I focus on things above. I would rather be classified from things above. I would rather be identified from things above because that is where I have been raptured to. Now, there, there, is, there is this kind of truth that the religious mind cannot swallow because it does not resonate with their logic. Because when they read the Bible, they read it with the understanding using logic. They, they don't understand that the Bible is a physical book that is carrying spiritual energy. On its own, it's an ordinary book. But when by, by the breath of God, it is a living book. That's why God says, all right, there will come a time when I'm going to inscribe on the tablet of your hearts. My word. You won't need external learning. But I, God, will take responsibility because when the Holy Spirit comes, he shall teach you of all things that concerns me. He will reveal me to you. You will get to know you. He will give you the understanding of me. So we are, we, we, we are living in a place where we need to be very, very careful not to be academically driven in trying to understand and resonate with the mind of God. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually understood. They are spiritually interpreted. So the, the Bible says, he came to his own. But because his own were locked up in a book. Let me show you this. They were locked up in a book. Which I may call today the Bible. They, 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 they were living by the book. So when Jesus came and they looked in their books, logically speaking, it never married. How can a king be born in a manger? How can a king die on the cross? So he came to his own and the, his own could not recognize him. Now watch this. In the same manner, the Holy Spirit has been poured upon all flesh and yet all flesh does not want to recognize him. Because they've got their own way of dealing with life. They have, of course, they've, they've, they've inherited their own patterns of how to manage, maneuver through 
successful life in order for them to be identified as successful, fruitful, fulfilled people. I have met people. Like one testimony I'm, I can give you now. I met this old man in Cape Town. I was just from preaching and he requested the pastor who was hosting me to say, can we have lunch with Cyrus? The man had some influence in that church. So the pastor could not resist. He released me to go with him for lunch. As we were about to have lunch on the dining table, the man just started crying, crying like a baby. They tried to stop him. The more they tried to stop him, the more he cried. By then I was in my early 20s. And then the, 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 the man, after he sobered up, I asked him, sir, why were you crying? In front of his children and his wife, he said, when I was his age, pointing at me, God called me, gave me specific instruction. I was born to be a voice of God to the nations of earth, but I resisted that calling. And today, as this man was preaching in the church, I was reminded of my call and it made me cry. Now, this is a very successful man. He runs one of the biggest businesses in, in the entire city of Cape Town. He's a prominent man. He's got fame. He, he can do anything that he wants to do. And yet, there was a vacuum in him. That was the denial of the calling that was upon his life. Tragedy is when you try to live a life of status according to the earthly standard and you ignore the original design of your being. For me, that is tragedy. Very well said. It's beautiful. So if, if he came to his own, if he came to his own and his own rejected him, the Holy Spirit has come to his own, we are still until today rejecting him. We are resisting him. We want to fit in. We, we, want, we allow the influences of our old programs. The programming that we have received in this age to dominate over us. That's why when one person is born again, scripture says there is joy in heaven. If one person awakens to their authenticity, there is joy in heaven. It pleases the Father. Hmm. So powerful. Amazing. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you about that more too, about the status and the Bible says that God is a despiser of persons. And uh, just as an aside, the law world tried to take that and have it, you know, twisted and, and make it mean something that it really didn't. But to, to me, I, at the heart of that, it means God is the despiser of persona. Right, the mask that we wear, the, the the that gives us status, that makes us into something that uh, you know we we don't even really feel because the, what, there's some crazy status status or um, statistic that 85% of the people. Oh darn, we lost Cyrus. He'll be back, but uh, oh, and he came back really quick. <laughs> there you go. Hello, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, yeah, so that. It, there was a statistic that 85% <clears throat> of the people, and probably it's higher, feel like a fraud in their position, in their profession. They feel like a fraud. Why? Because 
holding out that status, it's not their authentic self. It's not their authentic calling. It doesn't mean that it can't have something to do with it. And, and this is actually a really big misunderstanding that I always feel to get across about purpose, that it's not a thing, right? It's not, it's not that you're a musician, or it's not that you are a sculptor, or it's not that you are a preacher. That's not your, that's not your purpose. It's that your purpose can express through you whether you are preaching, whether you are sitting with your children at breakfast, whether you are in the shop and talking to somebody who's, who's interacting, your purpose can always express so it doesn't hinge, right? Like I abandoned my music <clears throat> three years ago. Well, I didn't abandon my purpose, not even close, right? But I can also express my purpose through my music. So I just like to make that distinction. People are looking for this, this magic what of their purpose, and it's not like that. But that that man would cry and weep in front of his children like that, then he knows he missed his calling. Now, now, is it ever too late to pick up on the calling, Cyrus? It's never too late. Never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too early. Because there, there could be somebody who's young who feels it's too early. I still have to experience life. God cannot use me now. Maybe God will use me when I get in my 30s, 40s. You know, and there's somebody who is in his 80s, 70s who feels God cannot use me. I cannot manifest into my authentic purpose because I'm too old. I'm just waiting to die. It's lack of knowledge. And the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. So I cannot say that it's too late. It's never too late. Every one of us, we go through experiences and every experience we go through in life is a learning process. Not just a learning process, they are designed to pattern us, whether we know it or we do not know, whether we are aware or we are unaware of this. Every experience is an opportunity to be shaped or to be patterned for us to come out and manifest in the authenticity of our being. So it's never too late. You can still begin that business now. You can still pursue that career now. You can still further your education now. You can still become a prophetic voice of your generation now. You can still become the healing evangelist of your generation now. You can still become a preacher and you can become anything and everything that you desire or you were designed to be. The Bible says God will grant the desires of your heart. So one of the first things that God will do, he'll give a desire in your heart that resonates with the authentic design of your purpose. Then secondly, God will reveal it to you. He will be the first one to reveal it to you. He will make it known to you. Sometimes it's just things that you cannot even explain humanly speaking, but God will reveal them to you. There are things that God showed me over 20 years ago, and I'm only talking about them now. Very tangible things. But I'm only being rebellated now to speak about them. But they were revealed to me 25 years ago. Yeah. So every stage in life is a mounting process. You must just carry that consciousness. Secondly, when God speaks to you about your purpose, He's going to give you peace. There will be peace in your heart. Then you will know this is my purpose. And that peace will guard your heart. 
The peace of God will guard your heart. Why? Because out of it flows issues of life. You are a container of life. You are a life giver to your generation. You are a hope giver to your generation. All creation is awaiting for your manifestation. The manifestation of the authentic you. Not you being a doctor, not you being a teacher, not you being a policeman or in the army or a businessman. No. There is a much higher, bigger purpose than that one that you've attained by education. That could be an earthly purpose. But there is a purpose of your design that is not just for now, but it's an everlasting purpose. It's an eternal purpose. It was there before eternity. It shall be there and very much alive in eternity. The purposes of God are yes and amen. They are an already done deal. They are not something that are going to be done. No, God has already done all things in and through Christ Jesus. And that Christ Jesus is one spirit with you and is one spirit with me. So don't, don't ever allow that negative energy that makes you feel you are late, that makes you feel you are behind. There is no timetable when it comes to the manifestations of the sons and daughters of the Almighty God that the entire creation has been awaiting for. There is no method. God is not a Methodist. God, in his sovereignty, he will unveil you and announce you at his appointed time, at his Kairos time, there are two times. There's a time called the Kairos, and there's a time called the what? Kronos. The Kronos is this one that I'm wearing here. It goes up to 12. We start again 24. Starts again over again 12. It's a circle. It's an illusion. It's a limitation. It's man-made. It's of the earth. But God works out of time. He works under the influence of the chronos, the appointed time, the already designed time of God, the predestined appointed moment for each one of us. That's why promotion does not come from the east, the west, the north, or the south, but promotion comes from above. It comes from above. It is God who raises one nation up and brings the other down. The, the day of greatness is in the hands of God. That's why you need to lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Walk with him. To acknowledge him is to walk with him, to resonate with him, to be at peace with him, to have confidence that he will never fail you. Because you are an already complete and finished and accomplished design of God Almighty here on this earth. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, we are not a work in progress. That is, that is a very false illusion that we are fed. Uh, I wanted to talk about something and I just got my mind blown. Um, Darn it. Okay, I lost that one. So we're going to start with an, uh, a bit of a new topic. So when you look out into the world right now, Cyrus, there's a lot mm. of growing 
conflict, division, war. Not that that is new, actually. It's been there all along, I think. it's, But it, it seems to be at an all-time high. Um, you know, just small example, we have Canadian library children's libraries are being flooded with books teaching them very inappropriate things and we're glorifying uh you know the abomination of of uh our two male and female and um you know they're setting entire cities on fire and planning this domination so that that's a, a long way to just ask what do you feel to be true about uh, end times and revel and the, you say the book of revelation when when the timing of that is uh and recently i also was was hearing some of the speakers that talk about like that that just what you already said the second time coming it's not coming it's it's already happened and so is there anything in revelation or how do you interpret that 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 speaks to the end of the world is there such a thing in the context of god's eternity I don't think so. The, way, the end of the world for me, I believe, is the end of the world system and its patterns. It, it, it is already losing its grip. Anything that is earthly made is already losing its grip. So we're not talking about of an, of the end. It's the end of an era. It's the end of the grip that... The, the, the human ideologies and philosophies has had on humanity for many years. In this end time, it shall not have a grip or control over it. It shall not have a grip or control over it. Because the sons and daughters of the Almighty God, they are now enjoying the immunity that they have in Christ Jesus. That which has been deposited on them and in them via the resurrection of Christ. So, we're talking about rapture and then those that are not going to be raptures, they'll go through tribulations. Those who have refused to be awakened, who are resenting, awakening to their authentic being, they, 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 will, they will find life to be very painful for them because they will not be able to walk in the fullness of the immunity that was designed for them and that was imparted on them via the resurrected Christ. So when we're when talking about end times, I, I have a very different view of, I don't want to call it a philosophy, I would rather call it revelation. In this end times, the end time, let me tell you this, the end time is going to be more exciting like never before in the history of humanity. For those that have awakened to their authentic being, it shall be the most exciting season. So every time I hear people say end time, end time, end time, I begin to look at the finished work of the cross and I begin to look at the benefits of that cross and the resurrection. I begin to focus my energy on them and I begin to ooze from them. They guarantee me or they grant me and guarantee me that divine immunity against every statement that has been spoken against humanity but humanity is going to have to experience in the, in the end times. 
So that is my my perception at the place of my awakening. I strongly believe it's going to be the most exciting season for the sons and daughters of the Almighty God. And that season has begun. This this remnant that that looks looks very very small. It has already conquered the world system. How? It already conquered in Christ Jesus. Because this remnant was co-crucified with Christ and it has resonated with the truth. It was co-raised with Christ and it has made peace with that. Now it is co-seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. So they are not in this world. So the afflictions of this world can never have an effect on them. It is those who have inclined their ears to the systems and the patterns of this world and they've put all their confidence and their energies on them. It is them that will find it very difficult because all things will pass away. But that which has been inscribed on the tablet of your heart shall never pass away. Never. The living epistle that you have become can never be closed. It is an open book. And you are that living epistle. You are that living book that humanity is reading today. Those who've got ears are reading. Those who've got wind understanding, they are speaking from the inscriptions of their origin. These are fearless men and women, but I imagine from every corner of the world, this is very prophetic that I've said now. They are imaging. They are not compromising. They are not limited or stopped by the language of the earthly and worldly system. They are influenced by the language of heaven, the language of God. Example given. Jesus says, I and my father are one. When you see me, you see my father. That language was very foreign to the teachers of that moment. So there is a language we are speaking today that is very foreign to the status quo. Because it is not being spoken from this book. But it's being spoken or revealed from the living epistle that we are. That's beautiful. I love it. Uh, so we have time for maybe a couple of more questions. Is that okay, Cyrus? Sure. Sure. Okay, fantastic. Okay. And um, uh, this is a question from the chat. Hello, Flatsmack. Nice to see you. And uh, didn't he say we were all gods? And I think I've heard you speak about this before. All right. If a lion, a lioness gives birth, what is born out of it? Is it not a lioness or a lion? The same kind. So we were best squeezed from the source, the father of all creation. What does that make us? Right. We can't be anything these are very difficult. These are very difficult questions to understand and comprehend with your five senses. It takes a revelation of the Holy Spirit for you to have understanding. Does it make you the Almighty? I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. That's why he is the king of kings, which means 
We are kings just like he's a king. He is the Lord of lords. We are lords, but there is a Lord over us. You understand what I'm trying to say? I understand. So that, that is very key for us to understand if we are to deal with that subject. Though it's not a subject we can deal in five minutes or five seconds. This is a subject that we can face on its own, trying to have a postmortem of it and begin to examine it by the Holy Spirit, not using our head knowledge, but using the revelation that comes by the Holy Spirit. Very beautiful. Well, maybe we could do what, part one of the one of the one of the things that I have seen about this generation. It is a generation that is very ignorant, that has got very limited understanding of the Holy Spirit. That's what the challenge is. When you understand the Holy Spirit, He will make you understand the Father. And the Holy Spirit can never be understood by you. It is Him who reveals Himself to you that you may understand Him. That's why I was saying that God is self-revealed. And is ever determined to reveal himself to whoever is willing and available. If you are willing, if you obey the action that is given to you to will, and you are willing to have the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he will passionately reveal himself to you in his fullness. Once we miss the Holy Spirit, it is very difficult for us to understand God. For it is him who knows the mind of the Father concerning us. He was there before the beginning. When, when, when God was saying, let us make man, he was involved. He has a picture of the idea of God. The idea that God had of you. He has the full package and is very determined day and night to reveal himself so strong that we may know him and the very power that rose Christ from the dead. That we may know him and, have, and, and we may know the life we have become, which is the life of Christ that we are today. Fantastic, Cyrus. Amazing answer. So I, good. I, 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 love, I love it when you pause after hearing what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want i don't want to speak on top of you that's why if you got more then it should come so we are coming down to uh our our last minutes here uh but would you join me for a part two sure i wouldn't mind doing that when would that be uh we'll we'll figure it out i'll i'll get with you after that, that, that would be so exciting because i strongly believe there is so much that needs to be unveiled so much that needs to be questioned i i must i must uh, say to you that i am very much open to learn in as much as i'm communicating and i don't know about other people with me when i'm ministering like this most of the things i speak are new because they are not written on paper i didn't come with a paper where i'm reading no I'm speaking from my inner man. I'm reading from the inscriptions of my heart. Yeah. From the abundance of my heart, the mouth is speaking. Meaning that there are things that I have said, but when I listen to myself, I tell myself, wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. It lifts me up to another level of understanding. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's agreeing. We should definitely do a, a part two. Yeah. Do part two now. <laughs> Flat smack. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get that together for you guys and, and be right back with you for sure. Uh, I wanted to make sure and let you guys know that if you would like to connect with Cyrus, he is on uh, Facebook. That's the only place that I know you are. If there's other places, please do share that with me now. Uh, here is a link to where you can find some videos of him speaking and his posts that he does are, that are very inspiring. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think... You know, maybe, maybe just, a, 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 oh yeah, I want to make sure people also know that the mastermind is going on, that it starts this week with Daniel David at Oskopensky. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first one. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, at first I was just going to support the mastermind and be one of the coaches and help people to look into the patterns in their life that both work for them and don't work for them. And then as we went on in the, in the discussions and I heard more and more of you and Daniel talking, I'm like, I think I need to be part of this because that fellowship, wow. yeah, that fellowship, that food that I have, I have a lot of. Uh, people around, I, I love you guys and, and I bless you guys, but, but I've put myself in the role of uh, being there for you. And so this is an opportunity for me to come and, and receive, also give, because there's going to always be give and receive, like you said earlier. But it, it's been already amazing for me just in the decision to go and, uh, and really truly be authentic with these people and have some established ongoing relationships that can be there to support the things that, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not super hungry to do this and to do that. I'm, I'm more in a place where I will get up every morning and do what God tells me to do. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. But to do that alone outside of a, you know, and I'm not alone. I, I've, it's so it's so dumb even to say that because there's there's so many people, beautiful, amazing souls around. But again, it's because that I have committed myself to being in service in that arena. And so, do you want to talk about the mastermind a little bit? And if anybody would like to jump in at the last minute, I know it's not too late. It's not too late. I I I, I tell you. The, the mastermind is going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be life-transforming. It's going to be, it's gonna be associated with the resurrection power. Things in us that we thought we are dormant, we are dead, things we had given up about ourselves and about life, which were associated with our authenticity. It's a platform where I'm believing God that they shall be unco the uncovering of those things. It's also going to be a lot. There's also going to be, I, I perceive that there's going to be a lot of uh, information that is going to be challenging a lot of things that we have believed for a long time. And they've had a lot of influence over the decisions that we have made in life or we are yet to make in life or the things we are going to accept or reject in life you find that that influence will still be so much associated uh, with those. Um, um, we, we, it will be so much um, with, the, with the negative energy that fights the imaging of the authentic you. 
So the, the, the mastermind is a good platform because it's a platform of encouragement. It's a, a platform of inspiration. It's a platform of edification. It's a platform where there will be the opening of the eyes of our understanding. It's a platform where our hearts are going to be uh, filled with the fulfillment of acceptance of who we are and the authenticity of our being. So I encourage you guys, if there's anyone out there that would love to join, there's still some uh, spot on the mastermind. You can always inbox me or you can inbox Daniel and then we can be able to continue from there. We'll put the details when this uh, broadcast is posted, then we can share the links and the connections that you can. But you can always inbox me and we can talk about that. Thank you, Lamb Chop. I'm muted. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So I'm back now. And uh, yeah, so this is the, oh, and Cyrus is gone. <laughs> oh, we're just about at the end. Anyway, this is the link in the chat that I put up here. So that's all the details. And uh, it's it's really the the heart and soul of, of Daniel and Cyrus that has called me to it. The page itself, you know, it doesn't say too much, although I'm there. So that looks really good. And uh, yes, I'm back. You can hear me now. So we'll see if we get Cyrus back for the last few minutes. But um, there was, uh, I just said, thank you, Missy Bear, for coming and, and being here with your presence. And you know how the spirit is speaking through you. That is that is how you know. Beautiful. I love that. And Pamela, thanks for coming. Lamb Chop, thanks for letting me know I was muted. And Michelle, <laughs> that's fun. So I could close with a, a song. And uh, this is one that... I'll just let you know it's still a work in progress and some some songs take a long time to write but i'm going to do my best just in terms of it being a uh a, you know a well-themed one for right now so i'll sing you guys out our father who are in heaven and it looks like Cyrus is back <laughs> hello Cyrus hey was... sorry about that that's okay yeah yeah the connection I couldn't, I couldn't hear anything from you so I was wondering what's going on <laughs> there you go you thought I had a really long pause there <laughs> so I was going to sing us out with a song alright cool Let me, let's hear that song Okay, I'm still writing it. It's it, one of the ones inspired from meeting you and Daniel. Wow, interesting. So we'll see how it comes out. Sometimes the new ones, the babies aren't quite ready, but we'll, we'll see. I've <laughs> <laughs> been singing this to myself every night. So here it goes. Bring it on. All right. Our Father who art in heaven Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Give us this day our daily bread, our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> well, I see you clearly now as if every ray of light is my own as if every ray is calling me home and you know and you know you're never alone for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen two more verses wow wow well I wow that's so beautiful thank you i i hear you clearly now as if every sound you utters my own as if Every word speaks me back home, and you know, and you know you're healed and whole. For thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Last verse. Well, I feel you in my veins as if every drop of blood is my own, as if every drop is calling me home and you know when and you know when you are born again for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and
Amen. Wow. <laughs> it never ends. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I must confess something, man. Please. There is such an anointing when you sing from your heart. Mm. Thank you. There is such an anointing when you sing from your heart. I'm not a prophet, but I think I can prophesy that as you grow in this unveiling, or as you evolve in this um, gift of singing, you're going to begin to see things will be happening in people's lives even before you speak to them. Mm. Thank that you. your music carries so much anointing. It carries such energy of the divine power of God that is very uncommon. So be encouraged. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a big, long story. I'll tell it maybe on another podcast about how the music has evolved. And uh, yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for now. God bless you, Cyrus. You have been a... Thank you so much. Yeah, you've been a very big blessing in my life. And it's only just begun, right? Tomorrow is the start of the mastermind. I encourage anybody here who would like to join to uh, at least consider having a conversation with Cyrus or Daniel. Reach out to me if for some reason you can't find them. I'm happy to be the, uh, the conduit. And uh, so much love to you, Cyrus. So much love to everybody here that came and took part in this. There was constant uh, feedback that everybody's having such a good uh, hearing and listening to the truth, right? When we hear the truth, we know it. It raises the energy. It raptures us, like you were saying. And uh, we might not make sense to anybody, but we make sense to God and God makes sense to us. My prayer recently, I'll share with you, Cyrus, has been, God, encircle my awareness. So no matter what direction I look, I seek and I find you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's a powerful prayer. I say amen to that prayer. <laughs> I must say thank you so very much, um, Beth, for hosting me on this platform. And uh, it's been a great honor. It's been a great privilege to, to share with our brethren and sisters and those that are going to watch this afterwards, the bread of life. Thank you so much. May God richly bless you as you excel in all you're doing. Likewise. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Anything that how people could support you or uh, work that they could discover of yours? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of, um, of minister who strongly believe that um, when God gives you a, an unction to do something, he will always touch hearts of men to reach out to you and plant into that which God is doing through you. And uh, most of the times we try to take it on our, on our hands and use our power to convict people to sow in our, in our ministries and in our programs and activities, which I strongly believe um, that pattern is, go is not going to last for long. Because God himself will begin to speak to hearts of men and he will compel them to begin to give towards the vision that he has given us. So if you are free, you, you are very free, everyone that is listening, that is going to listen to this afterwards, 
to support what we are doing. We've got many activities going up, like uh, on the 2nd of September, I'm going to be doing my first um, summit for young leaders in the capital city of Zambia, in Lusaka. And I'm super excited. So it, it comes with a budget. Uh, we need to pay for the hire of the venue. We need to pay for the uh, the food that people are going to eat because we are keeping them for the whole day. Those are the major two factors that needs to be that needs finances, which are immediately needed for us to have a successful gathering uh, on the second of September. So feel free to contact me, or you can contact um, Beth uh, for my details, and then we can be able to see how you can be a blessing to us. Fantastic. That's beautiful. And if there's any link to share, I'll put it in the notes after. Thank you so much for coming, Cyrus. Thank you, everyone who's joined. Thank you for the uh, beautiful feedback about uh, the music. And yes, some of the cool, coolest folks here on earth were listening. Ms. Latsmack, you, you, you so got it. Thank you, Missy Bear, Lamb Chop, singing along. That's what I hoped you would do. Uh, by the way, how the, house, the House of Free Will membership applications are open and Cyrus has joined us and that was so beautiful the first fellowship that he came to we ended up singing and we were all singing at different times because there's a you know delay in zoom but it was the most joyful thing ever so fun people literally could not stop laughing so uh, that's something that you can look forward to I believe we have fellowship again tomorrow evening I'm not sure if that works for you but uh, hello Rose I'm so glad you can make it and Lamb Chop is sending her love so fantastic. Uh, I think that's it for now. I love you guys. And uh, I love you too, Cyrus. We shall see you tomorrow in the Mastermind. Bye-bye. I love you guys. and love you, Beth. Thank you very much. Bye for now. <laughs>